Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us this morning as we discuss God's Word. But before we get into all the goodness, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you that you are the goodness, Lord, that you fill all the voids in our lives, God, that you are the one that satisfies, Lord, that you fill us up so that we're running over, God, that you just love us, Lord, for who we are, God, and you see us for who we truly are, Lord. And so we just thank you for the compassion that you've had on us, Lord, the mercy and the forgiveness, Lord, that you stand with us in the fire, Lord, and you walk with us, Lord, you teach us and train us, God. And we just thank you for who you are, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our discussion in the word, or as Layla phrased it, the goodness. (laughs) God is good. And his word is amazing. So, uh, the only thing we ask is that um, if you've been blessed by this or any of our other episodes, that you would like them and subscribe to this or any any number of our platforms. And then also that you would share with others Mm -hmm. so they can be blessed or they too can be blessed and learn and grow in the things of our God along with everyone else, right? So, we're continuing our discussion of the Lord's house and the the curtains. We're currently on the goat hair curtains and the coverings of ram and badger skins. All right? So, can I get... We're going to reread. Can I get a volunteer to reread from Exodus 26, verses 7 through 14? I will. All right, LaCharles. You shall also make curtains of goat's hair to be a tent over the tabernacle. You shall make 11 curtains. The length of each curtain shall be 30 cubits and the width of each curtain 4 cubits. And the 11 curtains shall all have the same measurements. And you shall couple 5 curtains by themselves and 6 curtains by themselves. And you shall double over the 6th curtain at the forefront of the tent. You shall make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain, that is, the outermost, in one set, and 50 loops on the edge of the curtain of the second set. And you shall make 50 bronze clasps, put the clasps into the loops, and and couple the tent together, that it may be one. The remnant of that remains of the curtains of the tent, the half curtain, that remains shall hang over the back of the tabernacle and a cubit on one side and a cubit on the other side of what remains of the length of the curtains of the tent shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on this side and on that side to cover it you shall also make a covering of ram skin dyed red for the tent and a covering of badger skin above that mm-hmm. amen so we've discussed a lot yesterday so we're going to just begin as our normal custom and open the floor for each of you to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you might have. 
All right. Okay. So okay. who'd like to begin? I will. Well, promise. Let's hear it, sir. Okay. First, I was talking to you about how the ram's skin was dyed red, and again how that that was the Lord's blood, and how Dad was talking about that. And then the Lord reminded me of how the blood brings the life, and so that you can't have life without the blood. Mm-hmm. So any. He also reminded me of the one church inside of Revelations, the loveless church. They forgot their first love. And so they're lacking the life. Hmm. And so the Lord's talking to me about how to make, making sure that the Lord's always thoroughly incorporated with everything. Amen. So, the life of God, but the, our life as well is connected to our blood. And mm-hmm. our life is connected to the blood of Jesus, our spiritual yes. life. And when we disconnect from him, our love for him grows cold, but also for others. So staying connected to the life of God produces the love of God in us. Is that right? Yes. Amen. Amen. And keeping, staying connected means incorporating him in everything that we do, everything that we say, and everything that we are. Is that right? Yes. Amen to that. Does, the, oh, go ahead, sweetheart. And then the Lord's talking to me about how what, when someone loses too much blood, that can lead to the person dying. Mm-hmm. And again, how when we forget the Lord and what we do, that thing dies and remind me of one second let me look up that king What king are you looking for? Uh, the one, the one that, oh, Jehoshaphat. He reminded me of King Jehoshaphat and when he tried to send the ships because he aligned himself with Ahab, Mm -hmm. like marrying his daughters and stuff like that. And he tried to send ships to Tarshish, I believe. Mm-hmm. That it got destroyed because the Lord wasn't in it. The Lord did not say, send the ships to Tarshish. Amen. That was it. So, to promise, do you know what the word anemic means when you say a person is anemic? Anemic, like with blood? Huh? Anemic? Yeah, anemic, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. No? What is it, Kamisha? It means they don't have enough red blood cells or their iron is low um, in their body. Right. And what does that do to them physically? It weakens them. Um, Weakness, they're cold all the time. And eventually, if it's severe enough, like you said, promise, they they could die. Okay. So it sounds to me, so when we say they have anemia, right, they have a blood condition that makes them weak and sick. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is that people have spiritual anemia. Hmm. When they rec- don't recognize and don't partake of the blood of Christ, which is one of the things we do symbolically, but um, 
what we what we do symbolically also is taking place in the spiritual realm um, when we take communion, mm. as we partake of the blood. Mm. Amen. The blood and the body. Glory to God. Amen. And the nephesh, as the Hebrew would uh, states, and the life's blood is in the nephesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Nephesh or nephesh? Uh, either either way. Like you, which, uh, yeah. Uh, I've heard it pronounced both, um, but um, I just usually go by nephesh. It's still a, a ph, but yeah. Just, just making sure. I just didn't know if there was a different <laughs> word there. That's all. Just like Kamisha to clarify me there. On, on no, it's all right. That's good. I was thinking about like, <clears throat> oh, okay. I think that's what you were talking about, anemia. Yeah, I'm glad we had a medical professional in the room for that as well, too. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. Well, thank you, sir. We all have our own gifts from the Lord. Amen. We do. And I you was admiring. <laughs> stay away from the medical profession. <laughs> And I was admiring your contractor ability um, on the mm-hmm. previous podcast, just how you see things from from your perspective. So Amen. God is faithful. Who else has something there? The Holy Spirit's been ministering to them. Uh, one of the things the Lord was talking to me about was when he was pointing out the goats here, um, what I originally didn't see a correlation to it besides how dead said the eleven current eleven currents, but the Lord was showing me that it was also with it, um, he brought me to the example of the sacrifices. They brought sheep, uh, rams, uh goats, cows, that's what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Cows and how they brought each and every one of those things and the Lord was just showing that even here, it was just a reusing of the stuff that he had. It was, he had already consecrated in the sacrifice. It, the priest had already done what the Lord had commanded to be done with it. And how the Lord was still using it and was honoring it. And how the Lord was just pointing out that in our own lives, it's how we may have made a mistake or we may have been one thing. But how he reuses us and renews us and uses us for something else, for his glory. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I was I was meditating on the Lord, and I was speaking with someone about how God designs us in His. He has a grand, overarching plan, if you will, but then He also works the fine details and the gifts that He gave to us, which would be like our talents and our abilities. He always designed those to come back to Him. And be submitted to him so he could use them for the purpose that it was actually designed for. And even in your reference, you know, they brought this gift to the Lord as an offering to him to say that they were sorry, you know, to repent and apologize and cover for their sins because he showed them this was the process that they needed. And then God still took that and made it into something better. And he made it and used it and was able to turn it into something good. Now, there's this uh, a, a misguided song that said God needed your sin. No. He does not. Trust me. Trust me. God would be okay if we never sinned again. He would appreciate that. However, he loves us through our sin and is able when we submit to him, when we yield to him, to make all things new, to give beauty for ashes, mm-hmm. which is what is found concerning our Messiah, 
um, and declaring the life and the call that he has and the declaration of the things to come through him is beauty for ashes. So God is able to do that and make us holy unto himself, even when we are in and of ourselves unholy. Yes. Well, there's a, a deeper aspect too, right? If we look at Matthew 25, and it begins in verse 31, and literally goes to through verse 46, or at the end of the chapter, right? Um, there's this other other aspect and what what the aspect is is about bringing our flesh under control right Mm -hmm. um we start at verse 32 says all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left he will say to those in his right hand, Come, you blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And he goes into the, the why, right? But then in verse 41, it says, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And then, of course, he goes into the why, right? We talked about the the goat's hair, right? But the I'll say the bigger thing is this, right? The Lord says what? My sheep know my voice, mm-hmm. right? And they're obedient. But also as we looked at even the numbers that are contained within this, right? Grace was given to man, right? Even though we are in a rebellious state, grace was given to man. And of course there was atonement, which we see in the ram skin, died red right yes so we in our flesh because we have been born right into the curse right which coming from adam so talking about the flesh the flesh is rebellious is the enmity with the spirit right yes with god with the things of god but it's about subduing the flesh buffeting the flesh bringing it into submission do we see that? Mm-hmm. So there's the, I'll say the bigger message, which of course, Christ did that. He absolutely did, which why he was the sacrificial lamb, spotless, blameless, mm-hmm. right? As we are also called to be. So it's about buffeting our flesh, getting it under control so we can be like sheep, hear his voice, and we know who his voice is. Hmm. Okay, well, let's, let's talk on that for a moment, uh, if, we have, if we have time. What does it mean to buffet the flesh? And um, are we able to do that? Is that a realistic request from God? Yes. Mm-hmm. Buffet the flesh doesn't necessarily mean punishing yourself, but it's denying uh, your flesh or the sinful desires that you may have. It's denying the right to be there and saying, no, I'm not going to partake in that. I'm not going to do that take part in that action or do that certain thing but it's also even if you're not doing anything wrong buffet of the flesh is just making sure it's fully in line that there's no hidden place that it could become out of control at one point it's like with the ants if we see ants in our kitchen we don't wait till we see a trail of them going to the pantry before taking care of them we see a couple of them first looking for food and we take care of them 
mm-hmm. because we already see what's going to happen and we know the end result. Same is true with buff the flesh. It's not trying to, it's a preemptive to uprooting something. It's taking care of something when it is small. A certain action, it's pushing it and up, not pushing it, but it's uprooting it while it's still a little seedling and throwing it over the fence. Not waiting till it grows to become a tree, then having to pull out a chainsaw. Amen. Yep. And well said, sir. Buffeting the flesh is another word for training your flesh. Amen. Not buffet, <laughs> <laughs> but training. Training your flesh. You think about someone who um, participates in a, a triathlon or an Olympic race or um, some some highly skilled event. They train their bodies to do it. Their body doesn't want to do it. Who, who really wants to go run 50 miles or, you know, 20 miles or whatever it is that they, they put themselves through on a daily basis? Who really, what body really enjoys that? It's hard on the knees. It's hard on the feet. It's hard on the joints. The lungs are like, I'm tired. The heart is, is um, challenged in that. But the person makes a decision that that's what they are going to do. They're going to train themselves. No matter where they're starting from, they're going to train themselves to be able to accomplish this goal. And I know a lot of times when we think about the things of God. Well, in there is also the removing, right? That's the, the buffeting part. Removing of anything that would hinder them from achieving or accomplishing what they set out to do, that goal. Mm-hmm. To the inclusion of they don't eat certain foods. Amen. Yes. They go to bed at a certain time. They make themselves adhere to this, and they don't give themselves opportunities to slack off from it. Mm-hmm. They may incorporate what they call a cheat day, but the ones that are really serious, they don't really waste their time with that. And they change their appetite, as in their desire for fun, to go, me mm-hmm. running these miles, that's fun. Even though their friends may be over here having a party and drinking a keg or whatever that is, whatever they're doing, they go, no, that's not for me because I have this goal and I'm going to pursue it at all costs. Well, it's also, it's in every aspect of their life. There are, I mean, they discipline themselves with strict bedtimes and wake up times. They Mm -hmm. regiment themselves in Mm -hmm. such a way. It it all but consumes them. Even their job has to be tailored that they can still go and reach this goal. Lifestyle, family, goals, events. Everything. Mm-hmm. Christ did the same thing. Or what's it say about him? Zeal for thy house had consumed him. Which is amazing. And when we talk about it, looking at us towards God, we go, wait, that's too hard. <laughs> You're asking too much, God. Is that realistic? I have to. Don't I have to sin? I mean, come on. I'm going to get a little bit in there, right? And we start making concessions and backing away from what is available to us and what God has called us to do and what he's put there. Did he ever say, do it on your own? No. He said, rely on him, but make your choice mm-hmm. and then proceed to carry it out. Uh, we reference that in Hebrews, um, was it chapter 10? The just man shall live by his faith. I'm going to turn there and read it again. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 38 and 39. 
Actually, let's go back up to 35. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. God is able to supply what we need to get to the goal that he's called us to. He's able to help us. He knows that we're dust. He knows the limitations of our flesh. But I I do challenge to say if a a human being can determine they're going to run to the top of this mountain and they don't let anything stop them, death, peril, loss of limb, and they don't let it stop them, why would we let things stop us from getting to our God? Or being able to clearly and accurately hear his voice. Amen. Well, for me, I I have to come to the place that um, I recognize that um, in relationship to God, I have no ability to make a good decision. Without him, absolutely. Without him. Yeah, yeah, without him, right. Right, right. right. When your flesh dwells no good thing. None of our flesh has anything good. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I have to go, I'm, I don't even want to trust my own judgment. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, I'm a believer uh, in that. Yeah, there's a, there's a big component of that. It doesn't mean that we're, we're, we're walking around like zombies and just, you know, so, um, you know, like if once I was taught how to drive, the, the driving instructor didn't stay in the car with me. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so I I drove on my own after that. But Mm -hmm. but there is a part that like everything that we're doing, we're surrendering. And so if God has called us to do something and we don't want to do it, we have to change our perception of it to Mm -hmm. be. It is good because everything God created is good. And and I want to be obedient to him. And that's where the beginning of the buffeting of the flesh comes in. And then we take it deeper. Like John was talking about the structure. Um. If, if I have a challenge with uh, alcohol consumption that, and I have to drive, um, or I should say, if there's a grocery store two blocks away from my house where I normally buy my groceries, but the ABC store, the alcohol store is right next door, I probably should think about going to a different grocery store and just reorder my routine to help protect myself so I minimize how much I actually have to force myself to bring the flesh into subjection. I can pattern my life. We've been talking about patterns now for several mm-hmm. I can pattern my life to remove some of the things so I don't have to waste effort buffeting my flesh and things that I can go ahead and take precautions against. Mm-hmm. So for non-Virginians, the ABC store is where alcohol is sold by the state yeah. in a controlled way. <laughs> so when, what you're saying, Dean, is if you know that there is a temptation don't keep driving by the same temptation day after day and then struggling for eight or nine hours out of your day just to not drive in, turn into the parking lot. When you could take a little bit more effort, take some accountability, and when you're really ready to do it, drive a different pattern to get to another store, take a different route so Mm -hmm. that it's not even a problem that you're going to have to have a reason to repent over. Or or just waste the obstacle, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, as we were beginning this morning before we, we got on, you were talking about uh, grace. And you said, you know, I'd, I'd rather use grace to propel me into the future rather than dig myself out of a hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd rather spend so, my grace. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't need to exhaust my um, emotional, 
I don't need to subject myself to emotional duress to process. I'm not going to walk into the store where alcohol is if I just structure my life that I'm not near any of them if possible. It's just just a much easier place to be. And Mm -hmm. as you're building that internal covenant with God and agreement that that's not even good for you, you have no desire for it, you don't need it, and you're renewing your mind about it, but you're giving yourself opportunity so every day is not the struggle. Amen. Right. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Anyone else? I don't have anything. Um, Our intentional effort is required in our relationship. Um, Dean, we were talking about relationships, you know, off, off the podcast and the, you made a statement that it's a two way street. A relationship is a two way street and it's not just one way. Um, oftentimes we, we wait for God to find us and then think he's supposed to do all the work. And if, if he's a good God, he'll just make it happen. But in his divine order, you know, we also talked about this previously. He set up a plan and a path. And mm-hmm. even us in our humanity would chase someone but so long. And if they never responded, if they never said, I love you back or, I, or thank you or anything like that, how long before we said, hey, never mind, right? <laughs> in our humanity, we have that limitation. And I'm not saying God has that towards us, but why do we expect him to, to just keep chasing us and we never come to him? We never turn and say, I love you too, God, when he's saying I love you, or thank you when he blesses us, or I appreciate you so much, I can avoid this sin. I don't need, I don't need to sin. I don't have to do this. The, the intentional sin, if that's all you can work on, don't do the intentional stuff to show your gratitude mm-hmm. towards him. Because this is a relationship. It's not slavery. It's not bondage. It's not a debtor's um, relationship. This is a love relationship. And we expect our children to love us back. We expect our spouse to love us back. We expect our dog to love us back. But then why do we treat God like we should not love him back and offer the equal love to him that he's shown towards us? Right. So in any relationship, especially positive ones it comes down to a willingness mm-hmm. right uh, each person in that relationship has to be willing to give a hundred percent and make the effort to do it right and mm-hmm. but also knowing the other person in that relationship there's yes the accountability aspect right mm-hmm. but when you know them or as you are getting to know them mm-hmm. you learn about their likes and dislikes things that will make them joyful and happy mm-hmm. and things that will grieve them or make them sad mm-hmm. and of course if if there's actual love right the god kind of love then no i i don't want to do the things that would grieve or hurt you sadden or, yeah. or, or cause pain whether it's physical mental emotional whatever the case is to the other person in this relationship right so then i if that's the case then i must be willing to to change some things mm. to eliminate some things that may even be a part of someone to let go of those so the other person is joyful is <laughs> pleased right uh, but that that is what constitutes a relationship and that's what we do speaking of natural means i mean here in this earth in the land of the living how much more so 
Should we be willing to, to I'll say, eliminate hmm. the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and all those other things that are considered, uh, that are, I'll just state it how he says it, that our Heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior state plainly that they are abominations. And I say abomination because that's, that covers everything. It's not one sin over another. It's, it covers everything from a lie to it's grieving the Holy Spirit and, and yeah. blaspheming the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. like everything is encompassed within that. Hmm. How much more so should we be willing to give up those things and allowing our love for the Father that He first gave to us while we were enemies, allowing that to rule and reign mm. in us, Amen. and demonstrate that or reciprocate that back to Him, allowing the zeal that we have and should have for Him, Him and His house, which we are right, He dwells in and within us, to consume us. How much more so? Mm -hmm. Amen. I know it's a lot, and it's it's heavy and weighty. Um, I'm not expecting an answer. That everyone has to answer that personally or individually for mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. That's between you and your heavenly Father. And I one last thing: Jesus is easy to love. Amen. He lays out exactly what his expectations are, and how to speak his language, how to, how to communicate. And he's so sweet. He's so good. He's easy to love. That's the, the best love you'll ever find. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I also just thank you for being our covering, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for just being more than enough for us and that there's no need or want. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, 
Take care and God bless you.